good? Yeah, guys, we get to talk about being vulnerable. <laughs> One of the most vulnerable things that you could possibly do is put words to your hope. We all probably have those secret hopes inside of us, and we feel like if we said them out loud, maybe someone around us uh, would think different of us because we have that secret hope. You might hear from other people, if you said that secret hope that you have tucked away in your heart, those words that we're standing against actually in this series, oh honey, don't get your hopes up. Maybe those words are, that phrase just hurts so deeply that it crushes your hopes so heavily that it's just too vulnerable to even say it, that secret hope. Maybe that, that phrase makes it too vulnerable to even believe for it or even pray for it. It's just too vulnerable. Have you ever experienced a vulnerability hangover? Do you know what that is? I didn't know it was a thing until it happened to me. It's that time where you feel like you've told too much, you've said too many secrets, you've put your hope out there, and then your body can actually feel the reaction to that feeling of fear and hope. So you can literally feel the effects on your body reacting to the rush of emotions when you share too much about your secret vulnerable hope. Mine, for sure, is a rush of emotion, most times fear, oh no, I've said too much. And then my mind begins to swirl around with second thoughts of, I probably shouldn't have shared that secret and that secret hope. That was way too vulnerable. Because exposing all of my hopes is just too vulnerable. If I kept it close and secret inside and they didn't happen, well, then I'm the only one that has to think about the downside. I'm the only one that would know it didn't happen. Because once your words are out there, once your hope, once you put your vulnerable hope out there and you put words to it, your hopes seem just a little bit more visible. People are looking for it to happen. And what happens if what you're hoping for never happens? Hope can make you feel vulnerable. That you're taking down your guard, that your secret barrier has been breached, and you're open to attacks, and never really, you've never really signed up for those attacks anyway. What I think we sometimes miss when we're praying for, hoping for, and even listening to other people's hopes is that when you're vulnerable, just like Kim said, you're opening up a part of your heart that is secret. Because if you're generally vulnerable about something, then you really, really care about it. Vulnerability is scary. And that scary thing that you say, it has an earmark of hope on it. But it's also very authentic to live a life because life in itself is vulnerable. There are times in our lives where we go through really difficult, hard to get through messes. And during these times, we feel so lost like we can't even come up for air because we don't even know which way is up. And we're in a constant state of questioning because we just want an answer to the pain and we don't know why it keeps hurting, but it does. And we pray that the pain would go away, but it just looks like the pain's getting worse. And in those moments, our hope can be fragile, a fragile gift that we're holding on to with the dearest of, most vulnerable way. 
in those moments, a phrase that I've been holding on to is Jesus wins. That's it. It's just that simple. When he wins and when I'm vulnerable to share my hope, he wins because he is my hope and he always wins. This is a picture of my Bible with notes from Kim's message on contentment from July. And during prayer time, I don't know if you're here, but a sweet sister prayed for me um, after that time, uh, Kim's message, and she looked at me dead in the eyes and she said, God wins. So I wrote it on the top of my Bible. You can't really see, but those are all my notes from that time. And later that day, I am thinking about that promise. She looked dead in my eyes and said, God wins. And I walked away from that. And later that day, I see this message from Lisa Turkers, Jesus wins. And so from that moment, I said, that's, that's, that's it. That's my truth. God wins. Jesus wins. No matter how, what my hopes are, what my desires are, no matter what happens. God wins and Jesus wins. So it's the foundation of today's message. Jesus wins. In our scary, vulnerable hope that feels so fragile we could break, Jesus wins. We're going to look at a passage of scripture today from John 11, and that's where a lot of people hoped for something, and what they hoped for didn't happen. And we're going to look at what happened to them after they became vulnerable because what they asked for didn't happen. And spoiler alert, Jesus wins. (laughs) So John 11 is the story of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. And um, we're just going to start reading from uh, verse 1 of chapter 11. And it kind of lays out this scene for us. So verse 1 says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother was Lazarus, um, now lay sick. And she was the same one that poured oil, perfume, on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So that happens in the next chapter, John 12. But they're kind of referring back to this is the same Mary that poured perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped her hair. So they were pretty close friends. So the sisters sent word to Jesus Lord, the one you love, is sick. Jesus often came to Bethany um, on his way to Jerusalem for festivals. Bethany is about two miles from Jerusalem, so it was a great spot for Jesus to hang out, to stay with Mary and Martha and Lazarus in their home. And because it was so close to Jerusalem, and Jerusalem is the city where all the festivals happened, um, and that's where the temple was, so this is a place where he was very familiar with. So there's a beautiful story in Luke 10 where we also meet the sisters of Mary and Martha. Um, Mary, if you remember, was sitting at Jesus' feet when he was talking, and Mary was busy in the kitchen uh, toiling. So these are the same sisters that are now saying, hey, Jesus, my brother is sick. They were dear friends. And in verse 4, it says, when he, Jesus, heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus moved, loved Mary and Martha and her sister and their brother Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. The sisters called to Jesus to let him know that, Lord, the one that you love is sick. 
This was a prayer to a physical Jesus. None of us have had that blessing to actually be friends, physical friends with Jesus. So this was, hey, Lord, the one that you love is sick. Come and heal them. They were dear friends. He had been in their home. He knew them as dear friends. So surely he would come because the one that he loved was sick. Surely he would come. But we read in verse 5, when Jesus heard this, he decisively decided to stay where he was two more days. Knowing that the physical Jesus was so close and near must have been comforting in the moment that the sisters believed, but imagine how devastating it was to understand that this physical Jesus that loved them so much decided decisively to stay away. How vulnerable must it have been for these sisters to ask their dear friend Jesus, whom they knew had all the power to heal, but he decisively decided to stay and not come. And he told his disciples, I'm staying. But the beautiful thing is that the sisters didn't know was that he already knew the outcome. He already knew that he was going to win. In verse 4, he says that this illness will not lead to death. Whatever that thing is that you're vulnerably asking for today, Jesus already knows that he wins. Your affliction did not come to kill you. So many times we can believe that our hardships will lead us to the death of us. That's how heavy they feel. That's how vulnerable that they feel. It's the end. That's how we feel. But what if it could just be the beginning? Jesus continues in verse 4, and he says, No, it's not going to lead to death because it's for God's glory that God's Son may be glorified through this. My prayer is that God's Son is glorified in every single one of my vulnerable asks and my vulnerable hope and my vulnerable hardships. Every single one of them. If you could see my journal, you could see that my desire is to always hope and to be hopeful in, in every way, but that's just not the case. And in full vulnerability, I will share moments of vulnerability with you directly from my journals. Some are short, some are long, but all are truly vulnerable moments with Jesus. Journal entry number one. Help me see that you're good with tears, but also belief in my heart. Amen. And if maybe Jesus and I had an interactive journal together, I believe I would see a note from him below, just like a, the note that he had for the sisters. And if I, I believe that the note I would see in my journal would be the same. Sorry, my eyes are teary. I can't see. <laughs> that note that he had for them in the scriptures is, you are loved by me. Now Jesus, in verse 5, says, now Jesus Martha and her sister loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to the disciples, let us go back to Judea. Jesus loved them, so he stayed. He distanced himself from them. 
He didn't come when they called. He stayed not because he didn't love them, but because he, or because he didn't hear them, but because he loved them. He knew if he stayed, he would be glorified in a beautiful new way. And sometimes Jesus stays. Journal entry number two. Today, I just got in the car with my puppy. And I just drove and I cried. I wasn't really going anywhere. I just wanted to go somewhere other than here. I felt alone in my moments driving, but I also felt you see me. And I knew you saw every tear. My deepest hope is that when he sees me, his compassionate heart breaks with mine. And I know he wins even when I can't see him. Sometimes Jesus stays. And sometimes Jesus moves towards us. In verse 11, Jesus said, okay, boys, let's move. Jesus says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. And his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. And Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he was talking about natural sleep. So when he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. And then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us go that we may die with him. And when I read this, I was like, you go, Thomas. We always call you Doubting Thomas, and you never get credit for being with Jesus. Like, yeah, let's go. And if we die with Jesus, we die with Jesus. So shout out to Thomas. Um, He always gets a bad rap for doubting. Um, Anyway, so Jesus is calling his disciples to go to Judea to bring life back to someone. But they are suggesting that Jesus shouldn't go back because they feared that Jesus would die. But Jesus said to them, hey guys, death and destruction is not going to come to me because my time is not near. um, And that's not going to happen. It's still daylight. I still have stuff to do. So I'm going to go do what I need to do. So Jesus understood that sickness led, had led to death, but he also understood that sickness would not end in death. Jesus sees your current circumstance, but he also sees your miracle. Journal entry number three. God help me hope for what you hope for me. The sisters had vulnerably hoped for healing and sent a message to their dear friend Jesus. And he didn't answer them immediately, but coming and didn't come as soon as he heard. The sisters had hoped for healing, but Jesus hoped for more. Jesus knew his miracle power that was greater than a healing. He knew that the resurrection power of taking something that was dead and raising it to life not just taking something that was sick and making it well. Jesus had hoped for more than they asked. On verse 18, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And Martha came running to him, but Mary stayed seated in the house. And if we think back to Luke 10, with Mary and Martha and Jesus in their home, Martha was the one running around and Mary was the one sitting at Jesus' feet. But this time, the one that stayed close to Jesus, Mary, she decided to stay home. And she didn't run to see Jesus. When I think about the times that I stay back, 
my vulnerable heart is hurting. It feels safe to stay back and not run to Jesus. But the safest place is to be right where Jesus is. In verse 21, Martha runs and meets Jesus and says, If you had only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know now, even now, whatever you ask God to do, he will do it for you. My husband said to me the other day, living and hoping vulnerably is actually a gift. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Ask and it will be given to you. Asking is vulnerable. In this moment, Martha realized this truth, though. I'd already asked him to heal my brother, and he didn't. But I'm coming to meet you because now you're here. And now I know I'm confessing the truth that whatever you ask God to do, he will do it for you. Asking again is vulnerable. She said to Jesus, whatever you ask God to do, he'll do it. Journal entry number four. I will trust you even when it hurts. You are in the things yet to come. Today I prayed that every time my heart felt like it could tremble, I wanted to physically feel the warmth of your embrace and the hope of what hasn't happened yet. What hasn't happened yet for you? That's a vulnerable question for sure. Am I sure something even is going to happen? Why is, why, asking why is also another very vulnerable question. Have you ever asked why, like Martha? If you had been here, Jesus, things, this thing would have not have happened. Why didn't you come? Why hasn't, what hasn't happened yet might be more powerful than the question why. What hasn't happened yet for you? For Mary, it was an answered prayer for her brother. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know, Jesus, he will rise again in the resurrection. And he says, oh, no, honey, sweetheart, I am the, as in the resurrection, and I am the life. And the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this, he asked her. Do I believe this? Do we believe this? Where does the fear come from when my hope feels so scary and so vulnerable? Where does the fear come from? Am I afraid that even if I believe in him, I, he still won't come? Journal entry number five. Today was a good day. Picnic and pulling weeds. Today I heard you whisper no fear to my heart. Today was a good day. I love you and I trust you. Journal entry number six. I wish I trusted you every day. Everything seems really hard right now. The tears streaming down my face right now kind of make the hurt I'm feeling even more real. The pain hurting deep and I feel hopeless and helpless. 
I wish I trusted you every day. I wish the hunger I feel every day and right now didn't hurt so bad. I wish I didn't walk around with so much hope sometimes, because when I do and the tears come, it hurts even more. But it makes me want to hope again, because that's all I have. I have to hope that one day my hope will be realized. I don't know why it has to hurt so bad, but I know you see me and you hurt with me. All of my life, you have been faithful. With every breath that I'm able, I will sing of your goodness. And to you are my cries for help, and my tears are a song to you. Jesus saw Mary weeping too. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and she saw him, she fell at his feet. So finally she comes and she decides, hey, I'm going to get out of the house and I'm going to come Jesus. Go see Jesus. So Martha, her sister, comes and says, hey, the Lord's here. So she runs to him eventually. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So here, Mary also vulnerably asks the question, why didn't you come? When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit, and he was troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked, essentially answering her, just wait, girl. You don't know what hasn't happened yet. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then Jesus wept. Journal entry number seven. Today I shared something very vulnerable with my husband. I was scared to say it because it felt so hopeless, and I began to cry, and I couldn't stop. He said those tears actually burned scars on my back. They felt so war-torn, and I'm so glad they're off your heart and off of your shoulders. The crazy thing is, is my tears fell from my eyes to his shoulders, and he felt the sting of my pain. And I couldn't help but hear Jesus' voice in his words. Thank you, Jesus, for catching my war-torn tears. Jesus understands my vulnerable tears of hope because he wept with Mary and Martha. He wept with those weeping. He wept for Lazarus. He wept when he saw what made them weep. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. He felt their pain. He knew their sorrow. He wept because he vulnerably wanted the people of Israel to know that he was the resurrection and the life, and he was right in front of them, and they didn't know. He placed himself vulnerably in the place of Abraham when he wept for Sarah, or when David and Jonathan wept together, or when Jeremiah wept for Israel. He vulnerably placed himself in human form to weep. He vulnerably hoped. He wept. He wept as a man, and he wept as a savior. Take away the stone, he said. He was looking at a situation that would be very much like his very own very soon, a stone in front of a tomb. Jesus boldly commanded that the object standing in the way of Lazarus' resurrection be moved. Take away the stone. And he wants you to look with eyes of faith in every moment of your vulnerable faith. Speak to the stone. 
Let your hope return. Look for your resurrection. Timothy Keller puts it like this. It doesn't matter how dark your life is right now. Because of the resurrection, light will come. Let your vulnerable hope that shakes you to your core in the f- it, hope in the fact that Jesus wins. He always wins. Let your hope return. Get your hopes up. Lamentations 3, 21 through 24 says, Yet hope returns when I remember this one thing. The Lord's unfailing love and mercy still continue, fresh as the morning, as sure as the sunrise. The Lord is all I have, and so in him I put my hope. The Lord is all that I have, and in him I put my hope. Journal entry number eight. We had the best ice cream last night. You guys, and our neighbor even brought it over, so it's free great ice cream, so it was really good. And I believe God redeems time. In Haggai 2.9, the Lord is making a declaration over the temple. Um, the people are coming out of um, captivity. They're coming back to rebuild the temple. The first temple was beautiful, but it got destroyed. So they're coming back and they are rebuilding a temple. And he declares over this temple in Haggai 2.9, the final glory of this house will be greater than the first, says the Lord of armies. I will provide peace in this place. God invites us to bring our vulnerable pain, and our disappointment into his presence. He will make the glory of our future even greater, even if it looks different from what we expected or ever wanted, and he will provide peace. He will provide peace in our vulnerability. He always wins no matter how long it takes. He redeems time. God always builds his kingdom even while we're waiting, vulnerably waiting like the sisters for our miracle. We don't have to figure it out. Just stay close to Jesus. Maybe we feel vulnerable for asking for hope because maybe it was a part of our sin that put us in a place where now we have to hope to get out of. But the truth is Jesus always wins. His forgiveness and his promises are yours. And that Your final glory will be greater than your first. He desires your vulnerability of hope. So remember what he says in Matthew 7, 7. Ask. Asking is vulnerable. Seeking is vulnerable. The sisters asked for healing and Jesus stayed. What are you asking for? What are you afraid about if he stays? Ask him anyway, because he always wins. Ask him anyway, because his promise is to restore you to greater than the first time. Ask him anyway, because Romans 12, 12 says you can be joyful in your hope. Ask him anyway, because David vulnerably did in the, in the Psalms. Ask him anyway, because Jesus loves mine and your joyful, vulnerable hope. Ask him anyway, because obedience is vulnerable. 
Ask him anyway, because Jesus is still writing your story. Vulnerably ask him anyway, in hope, because Jesus always wins. Let's pray. Jesus, as we sit in this room, holding in our hearts that secret thing, that vulnerable thing, that thing that we're hoping for. It could be tied with a a bow that looks pretty on the outside, but on the inside. It can feel like a mess. It can feel like we're stuck in the house and we don't want to run to come see you even when you have come to see us. We might feel like you've stayed when you should have come. Help us to ask again. Help us to believe. Help help us to know that your truth of when you ask, that we will seek and that we will find you. God, we thank you for taking what was former and making our future greater even if it looks different than what it originally was. We thank you for the vulnerability of hope. We thank you for allowing us to be be vulnerable. We thank you for your example of being vulnerable for us, for dying on the cross, for laying down everything that you had the right to hold on to. You laid it down vulnerably to be a man and a savior. And we thank you for the hope that we have in you because we know that you always win. And so whatever we're hoping for, whatever we're desiring, God, we ask that you um, continually remind us that you always win. In Jesus' name, amen.